0: Hello, everybody. Terry Mize here. Thought I'd give you a quick missionary minute. I love the jungle. You've heard me say that before. I'm surrounded by jungle here. And now look at this tree. Isn't this a marvelous, magnificent tree? I want you to look at the roots that go from the top. To the bottom I tell you what this guy isn't going anywhere he's rooted he's grounded he's founded and that's the way you need to be in the Word of God I tell you for the last 51 years of third world missionary evangelism it's only because I've been able to be rooted and grounded unmovable unshakable in faith and in the Word of God that's kept me going kept me going around the world saved my life so many times and I want you to get rooted, I want you to get grounded, I want you to be so rooted and grounded that you're absolutely unshakable in Jesus' name. God bless you, we love you, you're more than a conqueror. So all of heaven is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God, and when they do, Heaven moves.
1: I'm Pastor George Pearsons. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory Broadcast. And I want to thank, first of all, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. Thank you for allowing me to host this broadcast on these two weeks. And I am so thrilled about what we're talking about. We have Terry Mize here who has traveled the world as an apostle of God and sharing some amazing stories with us about what what life is like out there in the field. So, Terry, thank you. Thank you. Thank George. you for thank being you. with us on the broadcast. I'm honored. Thanks a lot. So let's pick up from yesterday. Mm-hmm. You and if you haven't, if you haven't watched the broadcast, you you can you can they can go back to the archive on kcm.org. We've got all of these broadcasts archived. You can also get the notes. The notes of these broadcasts are available to you. Wow. And I want to let you know Terry Mize has a book that he'd like to give to you. It's called God's Opinion of You. I like that title, God's Opinion of You. So you can go to the website, order this, and he would be glad, we'll be glad to send that to you. We talked yesterday about your early days, Mm -hmm. being 13 years old, the call of God, and then at 18, Mm -hmm. going to Panama and what all took place in Panama. You ended yesterday's broadcast talking about returning from Panama, but I want you to go back to Panama for a moment. You told us a story In church, or it was in chapel. Actually, you told us a story about day one on the mission field. Yes, sir. Come on, give me that story. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know I said when you have
0: the first days like that, then it doesn't matter what the rest of the days are
1: like. So (laughs) no, no, I was
0: so I was 18. I arrived in Panama. I met the missionaries that I was going to be with. It's my first trip, you know. And uh, so we got off down as far as uh, as uh, uh, the road would go, and had to spend the night on a. On, on, on the swollen banks of a river because it was overflowing, so we had to wait until the next day to cross it. And I slept on the hood of their pickup, and and the next day we got over into the into the last road as far as the Pan American Highway went in those days, 1968. And uh, so we were ha- trying to hire a tribal person that would take us upriver. We had to go seven hours upriver. And uh, that didn't happen for three days. We were just stuck there trying to hire somebody and trying mm-hmm. to find somebody mm-hmm. that would make that trip. And so we just had to sleep in a in a storeroom of a, of a bar. Uh, it didn't have any walls, it just had a thatched roof and a cement floor. And so okay. we just slept on the cement, and used a bag of rice oh, for a pillow. You just changed my image of the bar, that the thatched
1: roof and no mm-hmm. walls. Okay, right. I'm with now, you now. The now. bar I...
0: had walls, but the store, the storage room didn't. Where they they didn't kept, where well, they that was just supplies. out there, okay. Uh, and so, um, so I just, you know, I'm just green as a gourd. I don't know anything. And I'm there they're hearing my first day in the mission fields. And so I just thought, well, I need to win some people to Jesus. I'm a missionary. I ought to start, I already get busy. And I figured, well, you know, here's a bar. That's probably, there's probably sinners in the bar. So I'll just go in here and preach. And, uh, so I, I walked into this bar and, and just, Walked up to the bar itself and turned around, leaned leaned up against it, and just began to preach about Jesus in, in Spanish. I had taken five years of Spanish. Cause mm-hmm. When the Lord said at 13, oh, you're you called to the mission fields, I, I started studying Spanish right then. And so I started preaching, and, and to the best of my uh, uh, limited ability, And uh, everybody was not not paying attention. You know, they're just drinking and doing their thing, and I'm preaching. But back at the left-hand side, my left, there was at the back of the room, which would have been the front of the bar, Mm -hmm. there was three men sitting at a table drinking. And these guys were rough-looking guys. Man, I looked at this one guy, and I thought, I know, that's the toughest-looking guy I've ever seen, and he had on—he had on a purple beret. He had on a military shirt with the sleeves cut out. He had scars, and he had muscles on his muscles, and he mm-hmm. had military pants, and his combat boots with his boots bloused, a 45 automatic pistol on one side, and a, a, a machete on the other side, and and. Uh, and he didn't like me all of a sudden. And so he yelled at me and told me to shut up. Well, I just kept preaching and he told me to shut up and I kept preaching. And then he said this, he said, I, I'm a Muslim and Allah is God and Muhammad's his prophet. And so uh, I, I said, well, Jehovah is God and Jesus is his son and his Lord. Well, you know, I just kept preaching and then he made this big show of getting up. He slammed his hands down on the table, you know, and he scooted his chair yeah, back on yeah. that like concrete floor, and it screeched, and everybody looked around, thinking, oh, this is going to be good. You know, this kid's about <laughs> to get whipped. And, uh, and so he and his three buddies, they all got up and walked up to where I was. Yeah. And he said, I told you to shut up. I told you to quit t- talking about the name of Jesus. And he repeated that he's, he's a Muslim and Allah is God and so on. And uh, and so everybody's looking around. Everybody's watching this and they're all smiling, you know, waiting to see the show. And I said, uh, I said, everybody listen to me. Look up here. I said, this gentleman says that that he's a Muslim and that Allah is God and that Muhammad is his prophet. Right. I say that Jehovah is God and that Jesus is Lord. So right here in this bar, we're going to prove it. And boy, that got everybody's attention. And and, uh, the guy said, well, how are we going to do that? And I said, what we're going to do is I want everybody to leave and go out in the village and get sick people. And don't get people with a headache or a stomachache. Get people that are blind, that are Mm -hmm. deaf, Mm -hmm. that are crippled, that are demon-possessed, that are out of their mind. Bring people in here that that are are impossible cases. And I said, and this gentleman and his friends are going to pray for them in the name of Mohammed. And I said, they can pray as long as they want. And I said, and if Mohammed heals them, then we'll say that he's he's God, and I'll convert I'll convert to Islam, and I'll renounce Jesus. I said, but that's not going to happen. Mohammed can't heal, and I said so. When nothing happens and they get through, then I'm going to pray for the people in the name of Jesus, yes. and they will get healed. And when that happens, this man and his two friends are going to convert convert to Christianity and accept Jesus as Lord. <laughs> So that's my first day in the mission field. That's my first day. Day one. Day one. Mission day one. Field. Now, now. It, you're it, pulling the, Elijah and the prophets of Baal. I mean, you're it was like, I didn't know what that's I was going to exactly, do when they came up there. That's just what came out
1: of my, came out of my mouth. My you know? goodness, Terry.
0: Which again, everything goes back to spiritual authority, doesn't it?
1: It does. <laughs> it certainly does. Amen. So what happened? Well,
0: what? he just, uh, he just said, no, we're not going to do that. Go ahead. Do what you want to do. And he went back and sat down and continued to drink. He didn't take the challenge. And so nobody, nobody went out and did it. But, uh, uh, you know, wow. I wish they, I wish they ahead of that would have been (laughs) that would have been that would have been a good story kept me from getting whipped (laughs) well that's
1: true that's true well then you came back from panama Mm -hmm. and you were talking about just reviewing your time there and what happened right and the Lord gave you five scriptures. Right, me about Right. Right. Yeah. I just, uh, I just thought this can't be right. The way I just did this doesn't seem
0: right. Yeah. It Just seems like yeah. I could have helped more people if I hadn't been so yeah. sick. And it doesn't seem like God would kill His missionaries. That's not military strategy for a general to kill his troops. And so I just said to the Lord, I said, uh, I said, I'm going to go in a room and lock myself up. I'm only going to be home two weeks. If it takes the whole two weeks, then I'm going to be in the room the whole two weeks. And, uh, and I said, you're going to talk to me. I'm going to hear from God. When I come out of there, I'm going to know. And I said to Jackie, to my mm-hmm. fiance, I said, I said, I'm going to go in here and lock myself up. And I said, when I come out, I'm going to know what, how I'm going to live the rest of my life, and, and if we get married, how we're going to live the rest of our right. lives. And so I went in the room and just locked myself up and got my Bible out and I said, Father, you're going to, you've got to talk to right, me. Right. And it's as though He said to me, I've been waiting for you to ask. And I mean, He He had no hesitation, and He said, and it was it's kind of a stern voice. You know, you've had the Lord talk to you sometimes in a stern voice, and He talked to me in a stern yes. voice, and He said this. Yeah. He said, He said, turn to Romans 12 2. And I actually said mm-hmm. to the Lord, I mean, I'm a teenager, you know. and So I just said to the Lord, well, I know what that says. It says, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed uh, by the renewing of your mind that yep. you may know what is that, yep. what is that good and perfect acceptable will of God. And the Lord said, I said, turn there. So I said, yes, turn sir. There. So yeah, I'll turn okay. there. And I went to Romans 12, too. And I actually yep. read it to the Lord. And I said, that, it yep. says just what I said. It said, but what's your point? And the Lord said, my point is, you've got to change your thinking. And it kind of offended me, George. I've been saved since I'm six years old. You know, I've been yeah. raised in the church, you know, been the youth leader, filled with the Holy Spirit, never never gone out and lived in sin, did my best to serve God all my life, and here the Lord's tell me to change my thinking. Change your thinking. You know, and, and you know, I was one of those little kids in church. I won all the games in church, I knew all the scriptures. I sure. I mean I love church. I knew what the church thought. I knew yep. what the church said, yep. but I didn't know what the Bible said. Mm. I could tell you what the church said, but I didn't know okay. everything the Bible okay. said. I knew some of what the Bible said. Yeah. And so uh, I said, There's nothing wrong with my thinking. And the Lord said, you've got this first. I heard this phrase. He said, you've got stinking thinking, stinking thinking. And I said, I said, Lord, Mm -hmm. that says don't be conformed to the world. I'm not. I don't think like the world. I think like the church. The Lord said, that's exactly right. He said, you think like the church and you've got to change your thinking to think like me. And that was one of those epiphany aha moments, George, where I knew that I knew the instant he said it. I knew that's truth. That's truth. I didn't understand it, but I knew it was truth. And and I said I said Lord you're right I'm mm-hmm. sorry I think like the church I will I will go back into the Word and, I, and we called it the Bible back in those days not the Word you know I'll go back in the mm-hmm. Bible and I yeah. will I will yeah. I will re- th- revamp my thinking to agree with what you said right and then the second scripture he gave me he said now turn to turn to Joshua chapter one of course we all know Joshua one eight now but back then I had never heard it before 1968 and so I went to Joshua one eight you know and the Lord said this to me he said I told Joshua to do three things. Yep. And if he would do those three things, he would prosper and be successful. And if you'll do those three things, you'll be prosperous and successful. And anyone else that will do those three things will be prosperous and successful. And, George, I don't think I'd ever heard the words prosperous and successful in church at that point in 1968. I don't think those words were ever right, mentioned. Right. And and I, and I thought, especially as a missionary, you gotta be kidding me, a missionary is gonna be prosperous? A yep. missionary is yep. gonna be successful? Yep. And so I went to Joshua 1.8, and uh, jo- you know, God told Joshua to, to think like God, talk like God, and act like God. He said, don't let this book of the law depart from out of your mouth or talk like God. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night or think yep. like God, yep. and that thou mayest observe to do according yep. to all that's written therein, and, and so act like God, and then, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt yes. have good success. Yes, yes. And I remember saying to the Lord, "You've got to be kidding me! Could it <laughs> possibly be? Could it possibly be that simple?" And the Lord said, "Simple, yes; easy, no." He said, "You've got to change your thinking and change your speaking, but it is just that simple." And it revolutionized my life. It absolutely revolutionized wow. my life. Wow. And so, uh, the third scripture He gave me was Jeremiah 1.12. Uh, You know, God hastens his word or God watches over his word (laughs) to perform it. So what I begin to realize is every one of these scriptures he gave me, uh, they were about him taking stock in his word, what God thought about his word. And I, I realized all of a sudden, you know, if I can get in the Bible and and find it in the Bible, I can make it happen. Sure. If God said sure. it, I can I can make it happen. Yep. And all of a sudden it took the mystery out. Because in church all my life I've been raised, you never know what God's going to do. And all of a sudden mm. I thought, now I can know what God's going to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, and, and it took the maybe out of it. It took the guesswork out of it. And so uh, the next scripture he gave me was Psalms 138, verse 2, where it says, God's exalted his word even higher than his name. Yes. And I realized that God would have to deny his name if he, if he broke his word. And in the last scripture, and of course, all these are familiar to, to, to right. your audience. I mean, these are like the, the crux of what we'd call the word of faith message yeah. uh, all these years later. But the last, the last one was Proverbs 4, and uh, starting at verse 20 to 21, 22. He said, my son, uh, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sin. Those early days, I'd, li- I'd just grab my ear like this. And say, get, your ear, <laughs> get your ear into the words and sayings of God. You know, Let them not depart from your eyes. And, and in the early days, I'd do the same thing. I'd say, oh just God, get I'm, just get, I'm just gonna get yep. my face in the Word of God. And, yep. and uh, you know, so, so you know, incline your ear to my saying, Let it not depart from your eyes. Guard <laughs> them in the midst of your heart. For they, verse 22, they are life, life. They are life to those that find them and health or medicine to their flesh. So the instant he gave me that last scripture, Mm -hmm. uh, he he, he said this to me. He He said, your church people, your pastor, your mama, those are all good people. They're all good Christians. He said, but they haven't found the word in every area. They know some word. And I thought, well, that's right. They do know some word. I know those people. They, they're good people, and they know some word. You know, they certainly knew the thou shalt nots, you know. Yep. But, uh, but they, didn't, they hadn't found it in various areas of their mm-hmm. life. They, mm-hmm. Not like you and I do, where we got a situation over here, so we go find the word to yes. fit it. We go to the yes. word and say, okay, yes. what's the answer to this situation? Yep. You know, they just knew a general overall knowledge of the word, and, and they're good people and love God. Right. But, uh, but the instant he said that to me, as one of those things I knew was truth. I thought, that's exactly right. Because I know those people; they're good people. They do know the
1: Bible to a degree, mm. but they hadn't found it, so it would be life to them in every area. So the Lord is really unraveling this to you. You're not hearing it from anyone in particular, no, no, not except at all. from Him, except to the Lord. Yep. And was That's really right. setting you up for the teachings that you'd receive in in the Word of Faith. Abso- oh, absolutely. And so when I so
0: I got up after that, I got up and walked out of there, and I, I said to Jackie, I said, I got it. I said, I've got it. I know how I'm going to live. I know what we're going to do. I know what's going to happen. I said, we're gonna go, I'm going to go back to the mission fields. I'm not going to be sick anymore. I said, we're going to get married. We'll go to the mission fields. We're not going to be sick. We're not going to be. In fact, it was a joke between the two of us when we started talking about getting married. then mm-hmm. she started talking about wanting to pick out her China pattern. And I said, China? Missionaries don't have China. Missionaries go to China and preach, but they will not have yeah. China. We're supposed to be poor. But I, when I walked out of that room, I said, "I said, pick out your China, pick pattern. out your you China. Need, you can have all the China you want. <laughs> That's great. It make any difference." And so from that point, yeah. we we embraced it, and and
1: well, the rest is history. We live by it all these years, all, all 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 over the world. So you really did. You you came back from that trip to Panama. The Lord gave you these these well, scriptures. Absolutely. And you've stood on them ever since. So you can imagine how I felt when I heard Brother Hagan the first time and Kenneth Copeland
0: the first it's time. It's
1: all. I mean, it's like. Yeah. It's uh, a. It's somebody a. Somebody really believes this. It, you know, a, this. You must have been thrilled when you started hearing that. Oh, I was absolutely, absolutely. Oh, it was just like
0: water. I mean, just this. It's like. <laughs> in fact, I remember one meeting I took Jackie to of Kenneth, and and uh, she looked around and started crying. And there wasn't a big crowd in those days, you know. But she looked around, several hundred people, and she looked around and, and uh, just started crying. And I said, "What's wrong?" And she said, "I'm just thankful that there's there that you're not the only one on the planet that believes this stuff. There's other people that believe this too." Mm-hmm. But it was just it was life, you know. And just little by little, and little by little, and then hearing Brother Hagen, hearing Brother Copeland, yeah. it was just yeah, uh, it was great. I mean, we t- we took <clears throat> we took books and tapes to the mission fields with us and just ate them just. Devoured them, you know, because that's what kept us alive and made it made us successful. That's why when, when Brother Cobra started telling my stories at an early at an early age, yeah. uh, he yeah. had said to me one day, he said, he said Terry, he said, you know, I love your stories. He said because you're you're doing what we're preaching. He said, well, Brother Hagan's preaching what I'm preaching. He said, you're actually doing, and we're yeah. getting testimonies back of, of you're doing what we're what we're preaching. The doer of the word. Just, it was just, uh, you know,
1: a, I mean, a successful missionary, you take, know, a blessed take, missionary. Take a few moments and just talk to the people directly about the importance of putting the Word of God first place in their lives. I mean, just talk to them about. Absolutely. I mean, when we've got a
0: book that's absolute truth, Jesus said, Father, thy Word is truth. And there's a vast difference between something being true and then something being truth. It may be true the devil's picking on you. It may be true that you've got a symptom or a a problem. That may be true. It may be true you've gotten a diagnosis or prognosis from a doctor that's not so good or an ultimatum or a declaration from a family member or or an employer or the government. Those things all may be true. They may just be facts. But we can go into the truth, George. We can go into the truth and take the truth and slap it up against those things that are just simply true and change them where they're no longer true. Slap them up against that thing that's a fact until so it's no longer a fact because truth always trumps truth. The only thing that can change facts is truth. So we say can that again. Truth
1: always. Truth trumps.
0: always trumps Trump. true, and truth is the only thing that can change facts wow. because it may be a fact, it yep. may be true, yep. but this will change it. This will knock that thing out of the way and and take its own ascendancy when we when we just go into the word and say, I, God said it. You know, in the old days, you know, we used to say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Yeah. And we yeah. should still be saying that, you know.
1: Yeah, and you, and ever since that time, I mean, you've held crusades, you've gone, oh, you've, sure. you've literally gone all over the world. Absolutely. You've been to, to India, to Europe, sure. China. Sure, Southeast
0: Asia, Africa.
1: You've, take, you've taken this message right here. Oh, absolutely. And it works there, doesn't it? Absolutely. It absolutely isn't works is Isn't that, there. isn't that a, uh, a, a fallacy really that, that people who go on the field Terrible don't fallacy. think that, I mean, they are, they see people so poor Absolutely. that they think to themselves, how could, how could a message of prosperity no, work here I mean, were you ever challenged with that, or did you just? Were you
0: like? Oh, constantly! I used to do (laughs) pastors' conferences around the world. Still do, but in those days, I mean, pastors would stand up and challenge me from the floor, and of course, I was much younger. Oh, really? It helps (laughs) to get gray hair, you know. But but back in those days, you know, those pastors that had gray hair, and and I was just a kid, they'd stand up and challenge me, you know, with it, and I'd have to tell them, you take them through the Word. And it changed their mind. I say this is not, because it's, it's American gospel. It's right. not American gospel. I used to say, you know, this, this is not a Western book. It, this is an Eastern religion. It came out of Israel. You know, it didn't come out of America. When Jesus comes back, he's coming to Jerusalem. He's not coming to Tulsa or Dallas or Fort Worth. You know, he's, this, this book didn't come from the West. But we've embraced it. You know, the only difference, I've always said this, the only difference between why America is the way it is and Russia and China and that is like they are is that when Paul left on his missionary journeys, he went west instead of east. Hmm. That's the difference. Had he gone east, Russia and China would have been like we are today. And. We'd be like they are, but he went west, we went west, and we got the gospel. Wow. It's the You know, you can wow. preach prosperity and healing and blessings from this book. Yes. Or you can just take a world map and lay it out here and preach prosperity and healing and blessing. Because you can say, wherever the gospel's gone, there's healing yep. and prosperity and blessing. Yep. Where the gospel hasn't gone, there's not.
1: So it works anywhere. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Absolutely. For anyone. Absolutely. That will take it. Stand on it, Man, walk woman, it out to victory. It'll happen anywhere. I like, I like what Brother Copeland has done through the years. He will be. Somebody will tell him, "Well, you can't have a meeting there." Sure. Oh, been told. Oh, that, that many place times. is just so cold. You can't, you can't do anything sure. there. And I remember him talking about, uh, look, looking at Gloria, and Gloria's like, oh, "I know where we're going." next <laughs> Exactly. <time."> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're going to go take this word in there, and that's what you've done. Sure. Every place you've gone every to. Every place. Every place. It's not just an American gospel. No, it's not. It's absolutely not. I know a lot of Americans it doesn't work for. <laughs> <laughs> it so works true.
0: for those who work it. Yes. The word works for those who work it. It's not like the a word not like a,
1: works mm-hmm. for those who exactly. work it. Exactly.
0: You know, Gloria said to me one time years ago, she called me and talked to me one day at home, and she said, Kenneth and I have just been through a thing, and we've come out victorious. And uh, so we were thanking God for that because we were praying. But yep. she said this statement. She said, yep. Kenneth and I learned that faith still works, but you still have to work faith. And I thought that was a powerful, powerful <laughs> Now, statement.
1: you mentioned that instance, and that was when we were $6 million behind. And that's, I was executive director. <laughs> so they didn't fire me. But we had gone on television, <laughs> daily television. <laughs> and it it was catching up pretty quick it's 2 million dollars a month for daily television wow. and when we discovered that um, we we endeavored to stay in that place of faith stand on the word yes. together i took our staff during the month of december of 1989 which okay. when we that's when we were at the height of the the deficit wow. every day we would go into the atrium in the um uh, The administrative building, and we would just praise God and release our faith and declare Mm -hmm. that we are we are free from that. In the middle of of the crisis, yeah, in the middle of it, right? And that's when you have to do it in the middle of the crisis. So we did that, and when we crossed over into the new year. and, it, and they told us the, the plan or the accounting plan was that it'll take 18 months to two years or more to catch up on all of this. We crossed over into the new year of 1990 and the money started coming Praise in. God. And by, by May God. of that year, all of our accounts payables were paid up. And by July... Of that year. Six months from that December when we were praising God, we every bill was paid. The Praise TV bill God. was cleared. Praise that six God. million deficit wiped out. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is the Word of God will work anywhere Absolutely. and with anyone Absolutely. that will put it to work, yes. that will demand it to work. Yes, I mean, that's yes, what God yes. is looking yeah, for. Sure. So Father, we pray right now for if yes. every person who is watching Thank us, you, whatever you need, whatever needs to happen in your Thank life. Take the word of God, stand on it, walk it out to victory, and you will see the magnificent victory of God in your life.
0: Standing in this beautiful place, I don't know if you can hear the birds or not. Listen to the jungle birds. Absolutely wonderful. I've always had a love-hate relationship with the jungle because it can be a very deadly Very dangerous place, but you can also go in there and take the light and the love and the life of Jesus Christ. I remember one time I was preaching in Burma, way back in the jungles. I mean, way, way back in the jungles. And I was bringing tribesmen in and pastors we had sent runners to different villages and they'd put uh they'd, they'd taken a little flyers we printed up to different villages all over the, the, the jungle and a witch doctor a very famous and very powerful witch doctor in fact the, the greatest witch doctor in the whole area that everybody knew and everybody was scared of in fact he was a a master at the dark arts and had a had built a a A building, of course, it was a jungle hut. It wasn't a building like we think of. It didn't have any walls. It just had thatched roof and poles. But he had built a building where he trained 600 students to be witch doctors. I mean this guy is one of these that makes animals disappear and appear and and puts curses on people and they die and so he was in a village four days away and saw one of those posters that said come see a man sent by god terry miles blah 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 blah. and it made him so angry it made him so mad because he thought i'm the man of god around here there's no other man of god around here besides me no more powerful man than me and while he was looking at that poster a white bird appeared to him which was a common thing to him and spoke to him and told him I want you to go hear that man of God and do what he tells you to do and it made that witch doctor so mad he said I'm not going to do that and so he went back home and he was sitting in his in his hut and and two two days later that witch doctor that bird the white bird appeared to him again and said I told you to go hear that man of God and do what he tells you to do well he was so mad he got up and walked four days to get to the to where i was going to be and uh when i walked out there in the morning the mist was on the jungle it was gorgeous uh just just well just jungle i don't know how to describe it and uh, all these pastors are waiting on me to minister the word of life, the word of God to them. And one of them came up to me and said, Brother Terry, look, over there, you see over there? And there's one guy all over here by himself. And he's had his hands folded, and he's just mad. You can tell he's mad. And I said, yeah, I see him. And they said, he's the most powerful witch doctor in the area, and he's come to stop these meetings. And I just laughed and pat the pastor on the shoulder, and I said, Oh, Pastor, don't worry about it, it's gonna be okay. And he said, Brother Terry, I said, what? He said, he's also deaf in his right ear. Everybody knows this guy. Everybody's scared of this guy, he's powerful. And I, I patted him on the shoulder again and laughed. I said, Pastor, I could write the story, the testimony before it even happens. And so I got on the platform. I said, good morning, pastors, God bless you. I'm glad you came this morning. And I began to pray the opening prayer, not a healing prayer, not a miracle prayer, just the opening prayer. Father, thank you for these pastors. Bless them this week while we teach them the word of God. And all of a sudden I heard somebody screaming, I can hear, I can hear, I can hear. And I look off over here and there's that witch doctor and he's holding his right ear and he's jumping up and down saying, I can hear. And I said, hey, come here. I called him to me. He came down there. I grabbed him, cast the devils out of him, got him totally delivered, got him saved, got him filled with the Holy Ghost, set him on the front row. And I said, don't you move all week. You listen to every word I tell you. And so uh, he was there faithfully all week long. And then he told me during the week these stories about what this bird had told him and so on and so forth. Anyway, at the end of the meeting, he said brother terry he said i'm going to go back and put a cross on top of my school and i'm going to i'm going to make it a church and i'm going to be the pastor and i said i'll tell you what buddy i said you're not quite ready to pastor yet but i said we that is a good idea we'll put a cross on your building and we'll make it a church and we'll send three or four of these pastors with you and they can switch off preaching for the next several uh weeks or a couple of months and uh, you just sit there and listen and then you'll be the pastor and i want to let you know today that man has been an awesome Holy Ghost filled man of God, pastor of a great church way in the jungles of Burma. So that jungle is breathing life and light and love where it used to be deadly and death and curse. God bless you, thank you, appreciate you. Let me give you a missions minute.